And hopefully my kids are watching at home. They're supposed to be, so <laughs> they can join in in the discussion and hopefully talk amongst themselves. <laughs> so today, I'm going to be talking a lot about kindness. Do you guys know what kindness is? I'm sure you do. What does it mean to be kind to you? To help others out. Yeah, have you ever had somebody be really kind to you? Yeah? How does that make you feel? Really good, huh? Have you ever got to do something kind for another person? Something that maybe they weren't expecting? Yeah? Is there any time that stands out in your mind that you want to share that you can think of? No? Or anything maybe that sometimes somebody was really nice to you? Do you want to share a time of that? What about you, Keaton? No, <laughs> that's okay. You don't have to share. But kindness does. It makes you feel really good to receive it. And how does it make you feel when you're nice to somebody else? It makes you feel good, huh? It's a really good thing to be kind. Today, our scripture reading is kind of a weird one. Have you ever read something, a book or a story that it's hard to understand? usually always know what you're reading. Yeah, comes pretty easy for you. Well, sometimes I read things and I'm like, what in the world did I just read? <laughs> I have to read through things sometimes a few times to make sense of it. And this scripture reading is one of those today. But there's three big things at the end of it that it says. One of them is that we are supposed to do justice. Do you guys know what that means? Do you have any guesses on what justice might be? So justice is, if you see something going on that you know is wrong, you stand up against it and you make a difference. So maybe at school, bullying could be happening. Should you just let it keep going on if you see somebody getting made fun of or somebody being bullied? Nope. That's one great thing that you guys at your age can do is to stand up against them. We talked about this a little bit at Connect, but I don't think Keaton's group got to. Do you know one of the number one ways, do you remember from our discussion, to make bullying stop in that moment? You're, huh? We did rip up a piece of paper. We talked about how when that was like the words people say to us and how we can't put it back together, huh? And then uh, what did I do to get you guys to stop? What did I do? Do you remember when you were ripping up a piece of paper? When I, I looked at the other Caden and I said, why are you doing that, huh? And he looked at me like, what? You told me to. <laughs> but, so one way that you can stop it is just simply to look at somebody and be like, why are you doing that? And that's a good way to just stop it right there in its tracks at school. So you can ask a question and that, or bring attention to it. But So that's one way at your guys' age that you can do justice. And then the next thing that we're going to talk about is to... Um, to do kindness, to love kindness. Do you, what are some ways that you can be kind? To help others. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can be kind. Sometimes we'll talk about this more in my sermon, so I don't want to give it all away to them, you know, already. Or else they won't pay attention later. They'll all take a nap. <laughs> but sometimes just a simple smile or holding a door for somebody, huh? Really easy ways to be kind sometimes. And then the last one is to walk humbly with God. What do you think that means? Any ideas? Do you think, can we like physically walk with God? 
Not physically, huh? If you were up in heaven, you absolutely could. But there are ways here in our own lives that we call it walking with God. And that's just that we try to do everything that we can. So you guys have been learning a lot about Jesus over at Connect, huh, and some of his life. And those examples and stories, the things that we read about in the Bible, but some of it is just as simple as doing justice, doing the right thing, and being kind to others, and loving everyone, even if they're not the same as us, or we don't agree with them. If we walk or live our lives in that way, that's a way that we can walk humbly with God. It's a way that we don't think we're better than anyone else. We recognize that we're all God's children, and we try to treat others how we want to be treated, walking humbly with God. You guys think you can try to do that this week? That's the challenge I'm going to give them, so we'll uh, see if you guys can do that too, okay? <laughs> and I know that you can. <laughs> Let's say a prayer, and then we'll let our scripture reader come back up, okay? Lord, I thank you so much for Caden and for Keaton and for all of the children that are involved in the ministries of our church. Lord, I just pray that this week they will be able to show kindness to others, that they will fill your love and kindness through ways that those acts may be shown to them. And this week, I just pray that they will try to focus on doing good and to walking humbly with you. I pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right. If you want to grab a treat, you can. We're going to have to keep getting stuff to refill this. We go through this fast now, <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> the gospel today is Micah Chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, God challenges Israel. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you, mountains, the, the controversy of the Lord, and you, enduring foundation of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you and answer me? For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I went before you, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab's devised what Balaam's son of Bor answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilad, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord, what God requires. With what shall I come from the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? 
with tens of thousands of rivers of oil. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Sorry, my cord got stuck back there on the bench. I just about lost an ear as I stood up. (laughs) Well, this scripture reading is kind of a strange one. It's not one that we refer to real often, at least in its full context. Most of us have probably heard that last verse a time or two, and if we don't have it memorized, it's at least one that we recognize. This week, I came across a reading, it was a publication, that was over the science of good acts. It was the ways that our brain is triggered from our emotions. And I thought that was very fitting for the sermon series we've been doing. I've been talking for the last several weeks about the ways that our mental health can affect our spiritual health. So especially during a dark time like the winter, many of us, of course, have experienced or know people that experience seasonal depression, times that we just feel like we have cabin fever. Lots of things just feel like they're kind of in a blah this time of year. And if we look out into just the world, it, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but it feels like there is just a negativity just surrounding us. People are irritated and just kind of worked up over maybe big things, but also little things. You can go in the grocery store and be furious because eggs are so expensive right now. And people get really worked up about that. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook over the weekend who opened up their Northwest Energy bill and were irate because it's almost triple what it was last month. I've seen and heard a lot of people really, really irritated about different things that they think they should change or things that should be changed. Maybe the school board's not doing something right or this person did that or they think the mail is holding, the post office is holding our mail. They're not getting it like they used to. Something's wrong with our federal mail system. People are just worked up into this little coil that just seems like it's about ready to spring. And those are just some of the very little things, little tiny things. Then you add in the darkness of this season, you add in some of the real issues that are going on with politics, with our government, with your own personal lives or lives of friends, you add in health issues or some of the real stuff that is going on. And it just seems like our world is in a place of disaster right now. This scripture where Micah begins writing is not far off from what we see in our own world. These were the types of things that Micah was picking up on as well. He's looking around and he's saying, Lord, 
Our world is chaos right now. There is a whole lot of things wrong with it. In fact, there are more things wrong than I can identify that are right. And you have given us all of these wonderful things, Lord. You sent us Moses. You have sent us goodness over and over. You have made promises and you have helped us to try to get there. But that's never enough. And how can we possibly measure up to the goodness that you give us, Lord? Is that why we still see suffering and destruction in our world? And so he starts asking, Lord, would it be enough if I offer you my best calf, a perfect yearling? Do you want a burnt sacrifice? Would that be enough? In our own context today, we could say, Lord, if we throw together the best community barbecue and we try to bring everyone to come and spend fellowship time together, we could raise money for a good cause. We could eat the finest cuts of beef. Would that bring us together? Would that be enough? The prophet in the scripture reminds us that the Lord doesn't want burnt offerings. He doesn't want our finest cow. And so then he says, Lord, if I had a river full of oil, would that be enough? For many of us, we could sit here and think to ourselves, Lord, our best crop or our best Angus beef, our best whatever it is, maybe it is oil for some of us, whatever our best income is, if we offered some of that to you, would that change what's going on in this world? And again, we are reminded it doesn't matter how much money or power or any type of lucrative business or investment that you have, that's not going to be enough to change the ways of the world. So then the prophet goes on to say, well, how about my firstborn? Sorry, Xander, if you're watching. Would that be enough? Would you like my firstborn child, the fruit of my own being? Would that be enough to change the ways of this world? And Micah reminds us, no, that's not enough either. The point that the prophet is making is there is nothing among the ways of the world that are going to correct the wrongs that are happening. There is nothing that we have on this earth, no amount of money, no amount of power, no amount of good food, even our, our best family, our firstborn child, we could sacrifice our mother or our spouse. It would not matter. The person that you love most, no matter what, none of the ways of the world as we understand it is going to change the negativity and the bad that is happening in this world. So how do we change it? Well, Micah really wrote a sermon. We could have just had the scripture reading and you get your answer right in the scripture. He says that the ways that this changes is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. To do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Now that seems pretty straightforward and it seems simple enough, but as we often see in this world, doing those little things can be way more difficult. People would rather sacrifice their firstborn or the best part of their income than to do those things. 
And why is that? I don't think genuinely deep down we mean to be that type of people, but it seems like so often that's what we've become. There is, like I said earlier, this study that talks about the ways that giving kindness, doing generous acts of kindness, can truly change your body. There is a chemical that is released in your brain, and it truly can be measured when they hook up the, um, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to pretend to be the little uh, electrons up there. They can truly measure the ways that your brain chemistry is altered as you do good, as you do kindness. You have probably heard me talk about her before, but as I think about one of the best examples, aside from Jesus, of course, but somebody I truly knew in my life, one of the best examples and teachers that I had about living this kind of a life was my seventh and eighth grade Sunday school teacher. Her name was Elizabeth Roberts, and she was 95 years old at the time and teaching these 12, 13, and 14-year-old kids. You might think that we wouldn't have had a lot in common, but that lady connected with us more than anybody connected with me during those formative years of my life. And not just me, but my whole class. We had the greatest junior high Sunday school class. One thing that I remember in particular about her was of course, junior high is an awkward time. It's a time that you want to feel good, but you're really unsure of yourself. You're trying to figure things out. I had got a new dress. It was a purple dress. And I loved this dress. I felt very mature in it, very confident. And I wore it to the church that first time, walked into my Sunday school room, and instantly I felt about this big because you see my first crush ever was also in my Sunday school room and of course I was really worried about what he was going to think. I felt confident but if he didn't you know think it then how was I going to feel? So I felt about this big even though I didn't express it to anyone it was just that awkward junior high age. We sit down and Elizabeth paid me a compliment she said, Julie, I love your dress. The purple in your dress, the dress brings out the blue in your eyes. It is such a good color on you. And I can't remember exactly which Bible story we were talking about that day, but it was, I'm guessing, probably King David. We were talking about royalty. And so she went on to tell me that purple in the Bible was the color of royalty. And so perhaps this dress was a sign that I was supposed to feel like a queen in it. I will never forget the confidence that she gave me that day. It had nothing to do with my crush after that moment. But I loved that feeling. I loved the way that just a teeny tiny bit of word could really pick up my spirits. Any of that awkward feeling I had before went away. And I remembered that. I still remember it so much. And I've tried and tried and tried to make sure and pay that forward with little compliments the best that I can. One of the challenges for those compliments also came from Elizabeth. This was a different week in Sunday school, but we were talking about being good people. And she gave us little junior high youth a challenge. And she said, I want you to pay three compliments 
genuine compliments, not because I told you to, but because if you're walking somewhere or you're at a place and you see somebody who really looks nice that day or you genuinely like their coat, if you're thinking something good about them, go and tell them. And so I did initially take that on as a challenge, but then it became part of a routine. It's something that I naturally try to do. If somebody comes to my mind, or if I think something nice about somebody, I try to make an effort to go tell them because you never know what somebody is going through. They could be having the absolute worst day They could be having some of the greatest stress going on in their life, but because we're human beings, we try to act like everything's okay and keep a smile on our face. We don't like to talk about what's wrong. And so sometimes that little tiny compliment, hey, I like your dress or your coat's really cute or love your new haircut, any of those little tiny compliments can make such a huge difference. They can have an impact like the purple dress, one that I remember 25 plus years later. I don't know how long it's been since I was in junior high, but it's been a long time. I still remember it like it was yesterday and the way she made me feel. The other thing that Elizabeth taught us during that time was to always smile. She was one of the most active ladies in our community. She walked everywhere she went. We lived in a small town like Shoto. And every day, a part of her routine was to go to the post office at 10 o'clock in the morning. And she let us know that she never goes into that post office without smiling at everyone that she sees. And she told us not once has she ever had somebody not smile back. If you smile, almost always that person's reaction is going to be to smile back. And as I talked about with Caden and Keaton up here, when you do something nice for somebody, it makes you feel good to smile. But when they smile back at you, it's a natural reaction. And the two of you are feeding kindness off of each other. All of these can be the little things that we can do. Some of that bad attitude that I talked about in the community. Maybe the best place right now in the way our society is is to smile next to somebody next to the egg cooler. It would really brighten their day. But those are little, tiny, random acts of kindness that can truly make a difference. And when a small attitude begins to change, it can become a bigger attitude throughout the day. Maybe that person ends up saying thank you to their spouse who they haven't told thank you for a very long time. Maybe they remember to ask the neighbor kid or their grandchild or their own child, hey, how was school? And genuinely mean it. And then that person goes on and spreads it around and around and around. These little acts of kindness can go a long way. There's also the justice part of it. Sometimes we might not think that we see a whole lot of opportunities for justice in Shoto, Montana. Sometimes I truly believe that we do have a pretty Mayberry type of world here. But there is injustice happening in our community. There are children and families who do not have enough money. They do not have enough food. There are spouses who are abused. There are some really bad situations that happen right under our noses. And because we always are people who 
try to act like everything's okay, sometimes we don't realize what is happening. When you have that feeling that something is wrong, or you know about it but do nothing, you're just as guilty. It is our call to speak up and to do good, to truly help somebody out when they are facing something that is wrong in our world and in our society. Sometimes you might be the biggest voice that they can. I have to share a little story from Darlene's family, and I did get permission to share this. There was a family over in Fairfield, and Darlene and Harold have absolutely no recollection of who this person was. But one of their grandsons had ran into this family And they got to talking, as we all do, you know, making connections of, oh, who are you related to and how? And when he told them his last name, they said, hey, do you know Harold and Darlene? And of course, their grandson said, yeah, that's my grandparents. And they said, I don't think they will ever know, but they helped us out so much. This was a single mom who had somehow met Darlene. She ended up helping them out in a huge, huge way. Years have gone by since this incident happened. And the grandson was like, yeah, that sounds like my grandma. That's, that's just the type of person she was. And she went home, or he went home, and he started asking his grandma and grandpa, and they were like, I don't know who it was. I don't know. I don't remember who that would have been. But you know what I do? What I do know is that if you always do good, then you're always going to make a difference. And sometimes you will impact somebody in a way that they, their whole entire world has changed. Something so small for you can change another person's life. And I think that that is exactly what Micah is talking about in this scripture. To do justice, to always do good. Stand up for what you believe in, for what is right, even if it's difficult, even if it's awkward. Love kindly. Share kindness with others always. And walk humbly with God. Don't ever think that you are better than anybody else. Always remember that each and every person on this earth is one of God's children. And God loves us all the same. Walk humbly with God in everything that you do. As we have been going through these spiritual practices over the last few weeks. I just want to, again, kind of recap to remind you, because I'm going to keep building on these week after week, and my hope is that you will at least add one of these practices to your week and keep building on it. It takes 21 days to make a habit, so keep trying if you haven't been able to do it yet. The first week was to wake up every morning in prayer can be a simple prayer, can be a scripture, whatever it is. That's your time with God. Wake up every morning in prayer. And if you have the opportunity, use the visual divina that I talked about with letting the sun rise and feeling the warmth and that light come into your heart. And then last week I talked about making a playlist. Use music to speak to your soul. 
something that was really interesting. After last week, I was on a Zoom call with some other clergy, and one of my friends was talking about how music is his spiritual practice. He talks about how the highs and the lows of the music go with the highs and the lows of his emotions. And it is so just nurturing to his heart when he listens to music. And I said, wow, what crazy timing, because that's exactly what we just talked about was making a playlist. He had talked about the playlist that he has. And this week, my hope is that you will develop as a spiritual practice, acts of kindness. Maybe you make it a goal right now to do one act of kindness a week. That's hardly anything. I think we can all handle that. I hope that you'll try to do more than that. But this week, my challenge is that you develop the spiritual practice of giving acts of kindness. May each of us walk humbly with our God because it is our God who has given us great abundance so that we can share it with others. Thanks be to God. Amen.